Welcome to another episode of the Go With John Show. I'm John Jorgensen, and we're here today at the Long and Foster Studios in McLean, Virginia. I have with us today Mimi Weisberg, who is a clinical social worker, and she is uh, joining us for a conversation on social working. So welcome, Mimi. Thank you. Pleasure so, to be here. So t- so tell us, tell us a little bit about what is a, tell us what a clinical social worker is. What do you do? So a clinical social worker works with families, individuals, agencies, organizations, Mm -hmm. government. We have the ability to work in all different kinds of fields. And what we really promote is strength-based thinking about how things are working with people in the world. And so we don't look at pathology. Mm -hmm. We don't look at disease and sickness. Mm -hmm. We look at strengths and find ways to reframe what people are doing and how they're feeling and how they're thinking. Right. And uh, with a clinical social work degree, you can do many different things. Right. I can work in policy. I can see and be in private practice. I can teach. Mm-hmm. What do you enjoy most? Well, it would be a toss-up between yeah. teaching and, 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 and private practice. Yeah. So in clients. a sense, though, whenever you're, even if you're working with somebody one-on-one, you're teaching. You're, you're really a- That's true. There's always a psychoeducational component. Right. Right. That's yeah. a big word. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's really interesting because I feel like that's what I do every day. I have to, uh, I have to uh, manage uh, communications with customers. I have to manage communications with employees, with, with my team members. I have to manage communications with my kids. Um, and there's a lot of similarities that, that, go, that go across those uh, fields. So it's always, it's always an interesting topic uh, for me. So what are, what are some of the um, uh, situations that you come across on a regular basis that you help people with? So a lot of people, particularly now in the age of pandemic, are coming mm-hmm. in with anxiety and depression issues. Mm-hmm. Also, um, ineffective communication with, within their family. Right. Um, how to communicate more effectively over Zoom and the phone. Right. Uh, those are some issues that our people are coming in. Obviously, people have lost their jobs. People have lost loved ones. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we had been having this conversation pre-pandemic, right. we might be talking about certain things And now while we're still in the pandemic. Right. There's more of an emphasis on how to help people deal with stress and anxiety and depression and just managing their lives. Okay. That's, no, that's, and that's good. And let's, let's talk about that. I definitely want to get into that. But so just for, out of, for curiosity's sakes, if you were coming in pre-pandemic, what do you think we'd be talking about today? We'd probably be talking about similar things, mm-hmm. but we have to understand that this pandemic has been a trauma to the world. Yes. It's on a macro, macro level that we've never seen before, right. especially in RH. Right. So that overshadows and exacerbates everything. Right. Exactly. So any issue you'd come in with, I'm having trouble getting my child to school. Right. Or um, I'm getting, I'm not getting along with a worker, a coworker. Right. Those issues are still the same, but they're just more compounded. Right. Well, kind of the cool thing about working on Zoom is you can just like like leave for a minute, right? <laughs> um, no. No. <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah. No, you can't. But like I would say, if there was a a, a conflict in uh, between two coworkers, uh, you could. Uh, you, you could you could leave the moment for a moment, right, and come back. Whereas if you're all in the office together, it's a little harder to get away 
uh, from conflict, uh, I would right. think. But your point is actually an interesting one, which is if we were still in the office or when we go back to the office, it's learning how to deal with, you know, if I need a break right. because I'm going to say something that's inappropriate or I'm not going to be effective, that I just own that and say, you know, let's take a break. I'll be back here in 10 minutes. I just need some time to myself. Right, right. So why? So really it all boils down to communication. Does it, in your opinion, does it all boil down to communication? Uh, yeah. Okay. The listening what, and the speaking parts. Yeah. So why is, because I deal with it, you know, and it's funny, you know, I, I talk about a lot of things on the show, like what happens before the show and after and, and during the break. And before the show today, Nick and I were talking extensively about communication within our staff and policies and why, you know, sometimes things don't exactly go as you would expect them to go. Why do you think communication is so difficult between humans? And let me just say, for me, I think it's easy if I say you have to turn off the lights when you leave the office at the end of the day. It's a very simple, like kind of a rule and a policy. But in reality, it's not so easy. And and I think companies all across the world have automated light switches now because people at the end of the day won't turn off the lights because they're not thinking about it. Why is communication between humans so difficult? I think we're not really great listeners. Mm-hmm. And I think that gets us into trouble. We often spend listening time thinking ahead. So we're right. really not taking, we're not in the moment. We're not taking in what the other person's saying. Right. And sometimes what they're saying isn't as important to us. We don't put as much emphasis on it. Right. And, and, and maybe also, maybe, maybe what people want to say is more important than what they want to hear. So that creates a block on, um, on both sides. Uh, yeah, most people want to be able to get their points across. Right. And one of the things I talk to be, people about is know your audience. Right. And that audience could be your child, it could be your coworker, it could be your spouse. You know, you want to think about the way that you want to present yourself and what you want to say, depending upon who you're talking to. Yeah. So it's amazing. Have you read uh, Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? Mm -hmm. When I got a hold of that book at some point in my life and read habit number five and started practicing habit number five, which is seek first to understand before you're understood, it changed my world and I talk about it often when I'm with folks and even on the on the show here is that is I, 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 I do that with my kids I do that with my uh, team I do that with my customers and when you take time to understand where they are and and start the conversation from their position whatever it is and then try to find alignment in in between my mental position and their mental position, it goes a lot easier, but it's not easy to do. <laughs> it's not, but you know, you're talking about the first rule of good therapy, which is you meet the client where they're at. Mm -hmm. It's yes. not my agenda, it's the other person's agenda. Right, exactly. The other thing I can share with you and um, your listeners is there are three ways that you can listen. Mm -hmm. And I think these are really effective. The first way you can listen, and you can ask, you as the listener can ask, how do you want me to listen to you? Mm -hmm. Or you as the speaker can mm -hmm. say, this is how I'd like you to listen to me. Right. Particularly if you're trying to get a point across. The first one is, hey, would you just listen? I just need to get this out, I need to vent. Just do what you're doing now, John, nodding your head, mm -hmm. making direct eye contact, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. showing me you're very present with your body. Mm -hmm. And that's really helpful. I just, I wanna talk to a human as opposed to a wall. Right. That's the first way. The second way is, hey, John, I've got some ideas. I need to get it out of my head. Mm -hmm. I want to do a brainstorm. I'd like you to add to the brainstorm, but I, I still want to have control over it and you know, be, be a partner with me about it. Mm -hmm. And I'll come up with my own 
answer to my question or whatever I'm wrestling with. Mm -hmm. The third way is, John, I'm in a crisis. I need you to really listen, and then I want you to take over. I want you to be my knight in shining armor mm -hmm. because at this point I can't do it anymore. Right. And That's if we kind of keep those three things in mind in terms of a listener mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. in terms of a speaker, that's some effective communication skills. Mm -hmm. That's good advice. That is. Those are good points. I like it. It is. It is. Uh, it is fascinating how difficult it is to, uh, to 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 communicate. It really is. It's fascinating to me. It's like every day of my life is filled with a miscommunication somewhere from uh -huh. someone. And, uh, you know, if you're surrounded by 30 or 40 people every day and you're trying to get through, it's just, uh, it's a constant um, um, passion, I guess, of, of, of correction with, with um, the communication. So anything else, uh, do you have any other tips about uh, communicating? Oh, I've got lots of tips about so communicating. So let's talk, let's really dig in because I, I think this is so valuable. And anybody listening, especially if you're in a service business, if you are, if you're in any sort of a position in life where you have to communicate with lots and lots of different people all throughout the week, right? I think, I think you have people who are kind of in their bubble, who have their their families around them. They go to work. They've got two or three or four coworkers, and they're not really dealing with you know, all these different things coming at you all the time, right? And I think everybody finds their own way to kind of work through whatever situations in there. Maybe they don't, and then they come see someone like you, right? Mm -hmm. Who can That's help right. give them give them pointers. And But but let's talk a, a little bit more about communication. What other tips do you have for folks uh, to help them communicate better and to listen better, maybe? Yeah, I think one of the first things I would say is speak from the eye, own mm -hmm. what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. Mm -hmm. Hey, I messed up. Hey, I'm uncomfortable with something, let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Owning it, I think really helps, it makes it personal. People are much more willing to stop and say, oh, this is important. Mm -hmm. So that would be the first thing. Mm -hmm. The second thing I would say is something, it's an old, old technique, it's called the I message. Mm -hmm. It's a three or four part formula, if you will, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and it would go something like, when you do blank, mm -hmm. I feel blank, mm -hmm. and then X happens. Mm -hmm. And so, for instance, um, I would say, John, when you weren't listening to me the other day, I felt really put off and offended, and it really uh, stopped me from wanting to tell you what I needed to tell you. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth piece you can add, which is, I'd really prefer is that if you don't have the time to really listen to me, let's reschedule. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's an easy thing to teach, and it's an easy, easy thing to practice. I teach it to little kids, to adults, to older right. people. Right. But it, but you, you say it's easy, but it's so hard because it's so easy <laughs> in the moment, right? We can sit here and we talk about it, but then we go out in the real world and, you know, life happens all around you. And then that opportunity comes up when you need to use that skill, and it is elusive at the moment you need it. It's true. And, but you can always go back. You know, because, hey, the conversation we had yesterday, I've got some feelings about it I'd mm -hmm. like to share. Mm -hmm. So it really, there doesn't have to be a lost opportunity. Right. But not very many people have that discipline to go back. It's a practice. It is. It's like anything else. Yeah. And, and the other thing to that is to being present. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're talking with someone, be as present as you can be. Right. Right, right. Yeah, for, for me personally, I try to deal with things as quickly as possible. 
because once 24 hours or 48 hours get mm-hmm. uh, between me and an event, then it becomes less important. And, uh, yes. you know, and, and, and I think for me, if the problem never ever comes up again with a certain individual or, or you know, could be any individual I'm dealing with, it could be someplace where I'm doing business, could be a vendor, could be a team member, it could be a customer, it could be a lot of different people. If you have a bad experience and you feel like you need to address it and you don't and it never comes up again, then it, then it was a moot point anyway. It got resolved. It resolved itself. Yes, and yeah. not everything needs to be a point of contention or a point of hard feelings. or Right, right. Fantastic. So any other, uh, we're going to take a break in a second. And before we do, are there any other items in the kind of the communication field that you think you would want to add to this uh, segment? Um, I think learning to be assertive and Mm -hmm. to understand the difference between being assertive, aggressive, and Mm non-assertive. That, that's, yeah. And and don't be (laughs) passive aggressive, right? Is that, is that in there somewhere? Oh yes. (laughs) That's on that continuum. Uh Yeah. That's the hardest, uh, that's the hardest thing uh, to deal with. I think sometimes is the, is the passive aggressive uh, activities that, uh, that happen. People trying to get in your way and making things more difficult for you without actually standing in front of you, but things are just going wrong around you, and uh, it's it's uh, it's tricky. So, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with somebody who is uh, in that in that you know? Let's not even call it passive aggressive. Let's just say passive, right? Somebody who's just not responding and you want to try to get a message across would you give the same advice that you gave earlier and just try to have a one-on-one with them and and get direct and say i need you to hear what i'm saying is it the same yes or the opposite which is i really need to hear what you're saying right what you have to say is really important to me mm-hmm. and so the, the more direct you can be with me the easier we can resolve this or work on whatever you want to work on yep Fantastic. All right. Well, listen, that's a great first segment. Really enjoyed it, Mimi. You hit a topic that is uh, very close to home. And when we come back from our break, we're going to talk about COVID and the stresses and some of the things that you're dealing with uh, today in our present day world. Okay. In case you missed it, here's a clip from episode nine with Rachel Foster of Long and Foster Real Estate and AHIP. There's, there's a lot of coaching that goes into balance and being a complete person. Mm-hmm. And um, so what gets me out of bed in the morning is being able to interact with them in meaningful ways, mm-hmm. um, being what is called a servant leader, rolling mm-hmm. up my sleeves and walking the walk. You know, if, if we need to put stamps and... and um, and mailing labels on envelopes, I, I get down and I do that. Like whatever it is that needs to get done, we get that work done. Mm-hmm. But in the midst of all of that, we get to know one another, we care about one another, and it speaks to our earlier conversation about the culture of Long and Foster overall, mm-hmm. that we really are committed to being supportive of one another, being generous with our time. All right, we're back with Mimi. So Mimi, thank you again for coming in. I'm really enjoying uh, the conversation. So so let's talk about what you're dealing with today. What is going on in the world and how are you helping? 
I think what's going on in the world is people are trying to figure out where they are in the world mm-hmm. and where they stand and what they can do, what they can't do. Mm-hmm. There's peer pressure to open mm-hmm. up their homes when they may or may not want to. Right. Trying to get facts and information. I think people are really kind of discombobulated. So can you tell me? Let's can you tell me some real stories? Obviously, we don't want names and places and things like that. But are there some real stories that you can tell us? What some real world scenarios that you're coming across that are causing people uh, difficulties? I mean, I think I think we all know there's a lot going on. But what are you um, dealing with today? Um, the things that I think is the most challenging are people who are really isolated mm-hmm. for health reasons mm-hmm. or restrictions or inability to get the vaccine at this point mm-hmm. yet. That isolation is really deadly for a lot of people. Having said that, there are other people that are thriving in this situation. Right. And so it's finding it's interesting to have different uh, clients come in and talk about their struggle, their challenge. Right. So the people that are thriving have one set of challenges that they are seeking your help with. And then you have the people who are really struggling. So you've got, I guess, a quite a dichotomy on your hands there. With these. It's, a, it's a wide range. Yeah. Yeah, it really yeah. is. So, so the people that are isolated, what advice do you have for them? What are they doing? Well, that's what we do. We try to go over what are you doing? How are you yeah. taking care of yourself? How are you nurturing yourself? Yeah. You know, are you getting out? Are mm-hmm. you exercising? Are you eating right? You know, the things that we all know, you know, we mm-hmm. can Google, anybody can Google what are the ways to stay healthy in a pandemic. Right. 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 And so we know that making sure we eat right, that we exercise, which is really important, really important to yeah. get some movement. It is. I agree with you. To I get outside. Yeah to take your vitamins, to, yeah. you know, check with your doctor if it's appropriate to go for your dental and doctor appointments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, have, find some ways to socialize. Mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. that six feet apart with masks, of course. Yeah. Or over Zoom, which I know is making people really fatigued. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't feel like it's enough because it's not enough, but it's what we have right now. Yeah. I'll say, you know, one of the things we did in my family, so early, very, very, very early on in the pandemic, everything stopped. And the world got deadly silent mm-hmm. and it was very quiet. And, you know, I have, I have twin boys that are now 12 years old. Wow. And I was in the house with them school. You know, luckily they were in a school that was able to pick up and, and get kind of right back to it. But one of the things we did in our family was we set up a, you know, 30 inch monitor, hooked it up to a computer, put a webcam on it. And for the first few weeks of the pandemic, every night we were zooming in to another family friend of ours. And it was enormously helpful at the time because we could see our friends. We could talk to them. Maybe we would have some wine. to get. They would have wine. We would have wine. Uh And we would have a little cocktail hour. And then over time, people would kind of come in and out of it. You know, when we first did it, everybody was kind of sitting there and we were having a conversation. And then time went on and maybe the kids weren't there and the kids would come in for a few minutes and I would leave. And and then we would it, it, it was really kind of cool. And then after about three weeks, I started getting really busy at work. Things just started all of a sudden the world started coming back to life. And, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't have the ability to do that anymore. 
but maybe that's something that some of your folks can set up and have so they can interact with with uh, people, uh, not necessarily in a 10 minute call, but you just turn on the screen and you leave it for an hour or two and you kind of come in and it was it was a really cool way for us to stay in touch, uh, you know, with our friends. People are being very creative. I'm very impressed. People are playing games. Yeah. People are dating online. Yeah. It's obviously we're all doing business online. Those yeah. of us privileged enough to be able to work. Right. To still work. Right. And work right. from home. Right. Yeah. It takes a lot of creativity. And I think that after a year, people are just zapped. Yeah. It's how much more can I do? Yeah. At the same time, there's, you know, a year ago we had no hope. We didn't know what was going on. I think right. we all have a lot more hope right now. Absolutely. And that's an important element to staying mentally well. Yeah. So what other advice do you have for folks that are that are dealing with stress and anxiety? Uh, you know, pick up a phone. If you have insurance, find yourself a therapist to talk with. Mm-hmm. Get a peer support group. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, put up those happy hours. Do those kind of games. Right. Whatever can work for you. Right. Talk with your agency or your boss or your community service area that you work for. Mm-hmm. You, how can we continue to keep community going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough. So, what else are you uh, are you uh, running into today, other than anxiety? Are there any other things that you're working with as a, a clinical social worker? Well, I mean, people still have issues of substance abuse and use. Mm-hmm. People have marital conflicts. It's a really hard thing to deal with when you're trapped in the house, but I think everybody feels it. I mean, there's no question that tensions in my home have been challenging. And when you just have four people in one house that are there together all day long, every day, seven days a week, that's a whole new dynamic that you got to learn to live with, you know? It is, and we've been doing that for about a year. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I think in that respect, taking some private time, making Mm -hmm. sure everybody has some private time. Right. Um, and really respecting that is really important. Yeah, yeah. E- and also, and also, you know, shared shared roles. Right. In terms of how are we going to manage? And people have been doing that. Here's the thing: it's been a year. Right. And so, however, families have figured things out. Right. They figured it out. Right. Whether it's really effective, whether it's really working, but they're getting through it. And I think we don't realize how much. Pre-pandemic, we were always doing risk assessments right. about, you know, should I do this? How do I do that? Problem-solving options, choices, all that. It's those skills can help us as we decide what we're going to do now and how we're going to go forward. Right, right. Do you, but do you think that we're ever going to go back to the way we were? Pre-pandemic? What does that mean? Well, I think I think that. Um, I think a, I think the world has probably changed forever at this point, and we we may never go back to the work environment that we had before. I know within our organizations there have been dramatic permanent changes mm-hmm. uh, in the way we work. We've 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 eliminated a lot of our office space. We've right. got people are home based, and I think people like it and they enjoy mm-hmm. it and they're embracing. Uh, the 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 new way of of living, and I think uh, you know from my perspective, I don't think we will ever uh, go back to the way we. And in fact, Jeff Detweiler was just here last week, uh, and his episode is actually going to be released before yours. Uh, but he was talking about what Long and Foster is doing, and the Long and Foster companies, and they don't think they're ever going to go back to having everybody in the office at the same time because people do not want, based on their research, which is really good research, people do not want to get in the car twice a day to come to the office when they don't have to. People do, based on their research, want to come in and interact with their coworkers, but maybe 
only two days a week, maybe only one day a week. So they're, that's right. You know, Long and Foster's working on figuring out what is the future going to be, but it's not going to resemble the past. You know, we we can't ever go back. It just doesn't work like that. Life isn't like that. We right. always say it. It's a saying that humans say, right. people say. But really, I would like people to put their energy towards how do you want to bounce forward? Yes, yes. You know, exactly. how do you want this to look? What are the things that have been working for you? Yep. Whoever the you is. Yes. You know, during this year and what things you want to carry forward and what things are not working that you want to change. Right. Right. Really, we've had to reprioritize because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so let's take those skills of reprioritizing and take them into the future. Right. So I think to recap what I've heard, let's test my listening skills. (laughs) I'm in trouble now. I'm scared. (laughs) So I think I think I'm just going to interject my own uh, experience in what I heard. Right. So number one, exercise. I, I think arguably probably the most important thing from my perspective that you've said i found over the last year when i got away from exercise i certainly was much more likely to feel more depressed than that's right when i was exercising and i've and i've actually been fortunate to have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of conversations with people that are all in covid lockdown and i ask them what are you doing how is your family coping how are you feeling and you know the feedback that i'm getting when i'm asking what's working for you people that are getting exercise that are getting out hiking and doing things with their kids or with their family even single people that are buying homes for me who are i I just had a, a long conversation with one of our buyers uh here last week and she said she's so happy that the gym is open and she's back in her routine and she's felt so much better since she's been able to get back into uh, her classes and things like that, um, that, 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 that it's really changed the way she feels about being isolated, right? It's just to get that, to get that exercise. And then I think another important thing that I heard you say is that time alone, getting away from the situation, which is really hard. And I speak from experience, you know, I'm in, I'm in a house with, 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 with my family and my kids are at that age where they want to, they have a lot of questions and they want to be with me and I'm busy, I'm working, I'm on the computer interacting with people. And then I come up for air and boom, there's somebody there, <laughs> right. Who's who, who needs my time. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to emphasize that carving out some sacred time for mm-hmm. ourselves mm-hmm. is of the utmost importance. Yes. And it could be 10 minutes for you, it could be an hour for me, whatever right. it is I need, but something that's going to stop, I'm gonna stop vibrating, Right. I'm gonna to listen to myself, I'm gonna pay attention to me, and refuel so that, especially if I'm a parent, that I'm gonna then have the opportunity to then turn around and see my family and be loving and supportive and warm right. and friendly to them right. because I've taken some time to myself. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's really important. And then I think, try, you know, trying to figure out how you're going to bounce forward. Those, if I had to pick the top three, exercise, time alone, and then how do, you, how do you figure out how to bounce forward? Because from my perspective, and I may be wrong, but I don't think that the world is going to be much different a year from now than it is today. I think that we are going to have openings and closings. There's going to be one step forward or two steps forward and one step back. And we we all have to find a way to manage life because we're here. You know, we can't uh, avoid it. We have to figure out how to move forward. Do you have anything to say? I do, actually. So this is the um, analogy that I like to use. Mm-hmm. So we came into this office, lovely office. Yes. And the overhead 
fluorescents are on. Yes. When you walk into an office overhead fluorescence, there's a bit of a jolt. Yes. And then after a while, you get used to it. Yes. But it's always there. Yes. That's how the pandemic is. Yes. We had this huge jolt, which lasted for however long it did for all of us. Yes. Yet we've continued to live and and do whatever it is we can do, however we do it. But that light, that pandemic is still there. Right. Yeah. And these fluorescents annoy me. (laughs) You landed right on my pet peeve. (laughs) But that's exactly it, right? The pandemic gets in. Right. And we can't ever really forget it. But we we put it aside for a while. But it's always there, that pressure, that getting into our eyeballs, into our brains, into our bodies. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 you're right. So would you add, if you had another important, was there anything else that you said earlier that you would add to the three exercise, time alone, and bounce forward? Yeah, I would. I would say um, be um, kind and gentle to yourself and to other people. I think empathy and compassion um, are things that people can learn. Yes. And that we, that's one of the things we need to bounce forward about. Yeah. And that's a, that's a really great point because, and I've heard other people say it, I certainly didn't this make, make this up, but everybody has a struggle. Everybody, every single person on this planet has some sort of a struggle. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you have or you don't have. I don't care how healthy you are or unhealthy you are. Every single person I've ever met in my life, every customer that I've had the opportunity to get close with over the years, every person that's ever worked with me as I get to know them, they all, maybe not Nick, but they all have a some sort of a struggle. Every one of them is struggling with something and it's and it's and it's hard to remember and uh, it, it's hard to always be kind all day long because I have my struggles, but, but yeah, be kind to others. I love that and have empathy for other people. And I think my, my, my life has gotten better and I can appreciate some of the negative things that happen around me when I can say, you know what, maybe they're having a really bad day, you know? So I think it is important to recognize that we, particularly in this Northern Virginia area, do live a privileged life. Mm-hmm. And you and I are still able to do the work that we want to do. Right. And so we need to acknowledge that many people can't and that their struggle is different than ours. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily diminish my struggle or my loss. Right. And with the pandemic has come a huge losses. That's part of the trauma. Right. It is. And so we don't have to minimize ours. We, we do need to appreciate other people's struggles and challenges. Right, right. Absolutely agree with you. Absolutely agree. Mimi, that's fantastic information. I agree with it completely. I feel it. I live it. And uh, I appreciate your advice. We're going to take a break. And then we're going to uh, come back for one final uh, wrap up segment. A lot of folks think that building a custom home is a complicated and arduous process. It doesn't have to be. At Stanley Martin Custom Homes, we have the process down to a science. We will bring you through the buying, design, and building phase one step at a time. Head on over to webuildonyourlot.com and check us out. Reach out to us if you want to get started on the path to your very own Stanley Martin Custom Home. All right, we're back with Mimi Weisberg. So Mimi, during the break, we were talking about your work with the Safe Community Coalition. So can you tell us what that organization is? What do they do? And what are you what are you doing with them? Yeah, I'm happy to talk about the Safe Community Coalition. It is um, 
the area that the Safe Community Coalition covers is McLean, Falls Church, parts of Falls Church, Vienna, Great Falls. Um, and we are business people, mm-hmm. um, parents, yep. teachers, yep. administrators, people like yourself right. who are committed to living in the community who want to uh, provide programs and resources to reduce stress, mm-hmm. to foster mental wellness mm-hmm. and resilience, and to help facilitate families and youth right. to thrive and make responsible choices about their health and safety. Right. And so we pull resources from all different parts, all different segments. I happen to be part presently uh, with the uh, mental health committee. Right. And we put on... Well, that's appropriate. It is appropriate. <laughs> so that's made up of all mental health workers. Okay. It doesn't matter what your degree is. Right. Um, and Or people who... Ser- either they live in McLean or the surrounding areas, or they service the community. Right, right. And we put on uh, programs for parents, for students, for kids, mm-hmm. for administrators. What I would encourage people to do is to go to mclaanscc.org, mm-hmm. and we'll post that for people. And I also want to make note that since the pandemic, many of us mental health professionals have made a series of videos that are on there for free uh, called Managing the Moments. And with all the videos, there are resources to talk about things like dysregulation, effective communication, how are you doing, mindfulness, brain activity, all sorts of things that I think are still relevant even as we're starting to open up. So I really want to encourage people to go to mclaanscc.org okay and uh, you can get on our mailing list through there you can volunteer for a committee mm-hmm. the mental health committee is looking for more members wonderful so we'd be more than happy to to have a talk and invite you to our meetings obviously we're still doing things over zoom right right so when when was this organization created probably about 25 years ago okay so that's well yes before. and it's and it has morphed and grown yeah as the community's needs are right Right. So you guys have, you obviously have become much more important in the last year. Do you feel that you've been become much more important over the last year? Yes. I think people are paying more attention to mental health and mental wellness. Right. Uh, thank goodness. I mean, particularly now, because we really need that. Yeah. And hopefully that will continue on that because you hear people in the newspapers, in politics, at schools, right. just walking in the park, talking about anxiety, depression, stress, burnout, right. how they're going, what are they going to do? How are they feeling? More people are reaching out and taking the risk mm-hmm. of calling a therapist, right. which I really want to encourage people to do. Yeah. But wh- why, why is yeah. it a risk? I, I don't That's understand right. it. Why is it? I don't understand that. Like, literally, I don't understand why is it a risk to call a therapist? I think people don't understand what the process of therapy is. Right. And yeah. so they're scared and they're afraid, oh, I have to dig up things from when in my childhood and I don't remember it. Yeah. And that's, that is far from what talking to a therapist is all so about. So what is talking to a therapist all about? You have a chance to talk to someone who's neutral, right? who could invest in you, but they're not about you, right. whereas your friends and your family are. And right. you know, someone to help brainstorm, someone to give suggestions, yep. someone to help you dig a little bit deeper if you want, yeah. someone to give you skills and techniques. And sometimes it's easier to talk to someone that you don't know so well. And the other thing about 
um, being in therapy is that it is reciprocal because we're two humans sharing, right. but you don't have to worry about me. Right. I'm okay. I'm going to get I'm going to get the help I need or the supervision I need or the support I need. Right. Our focus is on you and you or your family or your couple whoever however you come in. Right. So I happen to see families, individuals, couples and teenagers up. Right. And I'll see anybody if they come in as a family. Right, right. And, um, you know, sometimes it's one session. Yes. Sometimes it's longer. Yeah. But just exploring what therapy is like for some people is risk. And, you know, we need to yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, but I think there's also a certain stigmatism that comes with it when, yes. you know, nobody ever, I, I'm not afraid, I go to a therapist, I get stuck. I mean, I've, I've, I've been in the last two or three years to, to, to talk to somebody about, you know, generally business related challenges. Like if I if I keep having the same problem over and over and over mm -hmm. again with different people, <laughs> I'll go to myself. I'll go, you know what? It can't be them. Right, you're the common these denominator. Three, these three people <laughs> don't know each other. Right. And I'm having the same like like I'm running into the same brick wall with these three different people. And sometimes you know, sitting down and even just a lot of times I answer my own question when I hit the time out button and sit down and speak, uh, you know, I, I end up solving it for myself. But I, I, I think. You well, that's the, that's the other point is you get to spend 45 minutes to an hour just focusing on you. Yeah. And people sometimes don't feel good about that. They don't right. feel like they deserve to have all that time focused on them. Yeah. Um, and once they start, and if it's a good match, you know, there's always the match. Yes. And you know what that's like as a real estate person, yes. right? Oh, I do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you, and you know what? I will, I will tell you, you are so right about that because I've had, I've had good doctors and bad doctors and good dentists and bad, mm -hmm. and a lot of it is, you, you know, at the it's end chemistry. of the day, it, it is, it is the chemistry and how you feel about somebody and trust. I think trust is a big part of it. And you know, everybody's got a different personality and the personalities have to mesh and you have to feel like talking to this person that you go and, and see. Absolutely. And I tell people, you know, that you are a consumer. Mm -hmm. It's a different kind of product that you're consuming. Right. But if you're not comfortable, um, definitely talk with the therapist about that. Yeah. Because some things can be worked through. Right. But if not, that therapist is really professionally obligated to then say, this isn't working for you. Let's right. find you somebody else that you can talk to. Yeah. Or you go find someone else. Sure. Yeah. But and, and, and we I, tend I, to I, be helpful. <laughs> I, you know, I, I would also say, you know, just because somebody else had a good experience with a therapist doesn't mean you will, right? You're not you everybody's gotta find cup your of own. tea. Yes. You got to find your own. You got to find your own. That's Absolutely. fantastic. I, I, yeah, I really like that. So, so um, what, what else? So is there anything else with the Safe Community Coalition that you want to uh, chat about? Um, um, One of the things that I also think is important is that we get the kids involved, yes. particularly middle school and high schoolers. Yes. That they have a chance to do peer-on-peer -peer work with other people. They get trained yes. in effective communication skills. Yeah. And they end up being leaders, and they go on to college often. Right. And they're doing leadership experiences there, um, as well as giving um, other adults in the community a time to rise and have a chance to be leaders. Right. So you need volunteers. We always need volunteers. And then how do you raise money? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, there are many of, of the community partners mm -hmm. who will give us money. Okay. Some of our... Um, there's fundraising activities that we do. Right. Some of the workshops and conferences we put on. Right. We you know, we'll charge for, okay, and we're very reasonable about that. And a lot of times the speakers that we have, which are nation, nationwide people, right, will appreciate the work that we're doing and cut us a break. 
Nice. <laughs> As well they should. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what do you, how do you help a middle schooler? Because that is what I am doing yes, every right. night is I'm communicating with my middle schoolers. <laughs> and uh, boy, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, process. Uh, well, and twins. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've heard other people say it. So again, I won't take credit for this, but raising children is a humbling experience mm-hmm. because... <laughs> Uh, you know, if you if you push too hard, they they squirt around and go different directions. And, you know, you can't just write down the policies and procedures like you do at work. <laughs> However, I actually did that uh, for setting the table in the morning and they actually loved it. They actually were really happy to have a piece of paper that they could grab that said, you know, make sure the table's clean and then put the placemats on and then put and we had the little check boxes and. You, you know, I probably should do more of that, but... Uh... Well, actually, what you're talking about, I can pull out, which is um, p- people, but in particular kids, need structure. Structure yeah. helps with secure feeling a secure base. Right. And particularly now in the pandemic, we need to feel secure. Right. And so having some structure to one's day, to one's activities, chores is really important. At the same time, we don't want to go to a lockdown, rigid pers- place. Right. Because one of the things that... Uh, kids, especially kids your child's age and right, older, right. they really are looking for respect. Yes. And, you know, they we demand or ask for their respect, and they want our respect back. Right. So at different developmental stages, you might pull a kid into the conversation. Hey, the house is a disaster. Right. I can't do it alone. Right. How do we all want to have this taken care of? Yeah. Yeah. And so we pull them in, and then they have some ownership over it. Right. Right. And give them some control over the mm-hmm. solution. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's great. But I'll tell you, it's, a, it's quite a... It's a lot of work. It is. It is. It's yes. exhausting. My husband and I have often said to what we have adult children. Yeah. And say that we are really, um, thank you yeah. to whoever be, that we don't have school-age kids right now. Because yeah. I think it would be such a challenge. And my hat goes off to the parents and the yeah. single parents, people yeah. who are working and struggling without... Um, any support. That's awful. You know, yeah. having to, you know, make sure that your kid is working online, that you're working online, yeah. that the dog is fed, that there's groceries in the house, that your bills are being paid. Right. It's it's overwhelming. I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I really do. It is tough. It is. Uh, and, and you know, the really interesting thing about what I do now and how I live now with all my Zoom meetings is I'm, I'm, I'm we actually use Microsoft Teams, but, uh, you know, I am video conferencing in to people's homes and their lives in real time. And, you know, some of my meetings have mom and dad, Mr. and Mrs. Byer at the table with three young kids, like they're herding cats, right? You've got it. It's, it's, uh, it's really amazing to watch and they're, and they're they're buying a house and it's, uh, they're trying to figure out how they're going to live because they can't live in the house that they're living in now because it was a great place to sleep at night after they came home from work and mm-hmm. school yes. but to to have mom and dad working or mr and mrs buyer or anybody right i'm just you, you you know not not trying to we 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 have buyers of of all sorts not everybody's married it's not always mr and mrs so mm-hmm. but uh you know they can't live in the conditions that they have and they have to move and that's why the housing market is um exploding because people are forced out of their comfort comfort zone their comfort zone was erased overnight you know so it's amazing so good stuff and tell me the website again yes it is mclanescc.org okay everybody go take a look so now tell us about resiliency 
So that's one of the things that we try to promote yes. and talk about. We've been doing that even before the pandemic. It's finding silver linings, mm-hmm. even even in this time. Mm-hmm. You know, and so maybe it's I do get to spend more time with my kids. Yes. Or, you know, I get to I get to learn to bake. Yes. Or it's stopping me from running around and keeping my, myself so busy that I have to stop and and get in touch with myself. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. There's no question about that. Or that I'm was... finding out that I there's some things that are lacking in my life that I right. want to add to my life. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so these are things that can help us bounce forward, to be resilient, yeah. to reconnect with people, to take a look at toxic relationships in our yes. in our lives yes. that are not serving us and are not helping us. Yep. Absolutely. Maybe we need to say goodbye to that. Yeah. The other thing I think, you know, moving on in resilience, the other side of that is the loss and the sadness. Right. And so it's acknowledging for our children, if we have children, for ourselves, for our friends, for our older parents, yeah. that there has been huge losses. Yes. And what might be also some of the gains. Right. And so allowing our children in particular to, to acknowledge that, to acknowledge, yeah, things have been hard for me too. Mm-hmm. And yes. tell me about how things are hard for you, dear child. Right. And right. listening to that and then saying, well, is there anything about this pandemic that's been working for you? Yeah. 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 We got a dog. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. You know, we're having an opportunity to think about vacation now because we didn't have it before. Right. And to really balance that sadness and the loss with some hope. And we as parents, it's our job to form that secure base, to be consistent. Yes. To help them deal with ambiguity. Yes. To help them deal with anxiety and stress, to acknowledge it in ourselves. Yes. And to also show how we're getting through it. Because right. kids hear what we say, but not so good. Yes. What they really do is they see how we behave. Right. And they're taking our cues from that. And then we tell them, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then you're called a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, starting when the kids are at about 10 years old, they learn that word. They learn it very early in mm-hmm. life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the kids are tough. That's 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 for sure. I have a lot of empathy for everybody uh, with kids. Uh, Me too. Going and to think this. about what it would be like. Think about yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, think about yourself as 10, 11 year old. Yeah. You know, what it would be like for you to have everything closed down. Right. And to not fully understand. Right. And when things aren't explained to kids, kids, especially at a certain ages, think that must be they must have done something wrong. There's something right. wrong with me, or I'm the only one that's feeling this. Yes. And we really want to do a lot of normalizing of those variety of feelings that people are feeling right. and that it's all okay. We don't need to judge our feelings. Yeah, no, that's true. That's a piece of really, uh, of resiliency is not judging. Yeah, yeah. You're obviously passionate about this uh, piece. Yeah, I love working with people and it, it helps me. And I also love teaching and I get to teach this kind of work. Right. And, you know, future social workers are getting to learn this and right. that's a real passion of mine too. And it's been a silver lining in my life is that I've been able to with the help of many people, figure yeah. out how to do this on Zoom and to teach and keep going. Right. That's fantastic. Before we wrap up, uh, is there anything else you want to add in closing today? I want to emphasize hope. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not great at Greek mythology, but if we think about Pandora's box, all mm-hmm. the evils of the world were opened up. Yes. But the one thing that was left in the box is hope. Right. And I think that we need to focus on that. Right. I agree with you. 
I think that is, uh, those are wonderful words to end our segment. And Mimi Weisberg, thank you so much for coming in today uh, to share your thoughts with us. And thank you for telling us about the Safe Community Coalition and the great work that you all are doing there. Thank it's you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for this opportunity, Absolutely. John. Thanks, Mimi. All right, Mimi, thank you again for coming in. That was fantastic. Such an important topic, uh, especially at this time during COVID with so many people uh, struggling. We encourage everybody to go take a look at the uh, Safe Community Coalition. You can find a link to their website at your episode page, Mimi, at uh, gowithjohn.com. Find Mimi Weisberg, and we'll have a link to the Safe Community Coalition website. Thanks again for coming in, and I hope you all enjoyed this conversation as much as we enjoyed having it with Mimi.